This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman. We'll have an update from Sierra Doctor as well. China is easing its COVID policies. Standard grain market analyst Joe Vaklovic says that will create more market demand. China's reopening, and that's... Uh... Maybe there's something to be said for that. I think it's a positive sentiment type thing. It's not a guarantee they're going to buy any more soybeans, but they're trying to get away from this COVID zero policy. They're reducing testing, reducing lockdowns. I think that's a positive. With more activity in China, that's positive news for all of the energy markets. Vaklovic says there is a lot happening in that crude oil sector. Well, OPEC is going to stick with these production cuts that they uh, went with in October. That's probably part of the reason we're up. And then you've got this Russian oil cap situation, the G7, the West and Western countries, essentially. They're going to cap the price of Russian oil, but nobody really knows what it means. Uh, we know what the cap is. Russia says they're not going to ship to anybody who uh, implements the cap. So I think the market's kind of torn on that. Ukrainian wheat exports totaled nearly 1.6 million tons in November. That's down from 2 million tons in October. The Ukrainian Grain Traders Union blames the decline on inspection delays. Last week, the Ukrainian Agriculture Ministry said grain, mar grain exports totaled 18 million tons for this marketing year. That's down 30 percent from the same time last year. With the exception of wheat, U.S. export inspections last week were within trade expectations. Wheat export inspections totaled 335,000 tons, well above the average trade guess. 64% of the wheat inspected went through the Pacific Northwest. A lower corn market is providing support to feeder cattle futures. Brugler Marketing and Management Market Analyst Austin Schroeder says the cash cattle is also a factor in live cattle market. Uh, cash cattle definitely held, held the uh, live live cattle market up here this uh, last several weeks. We've uh, seen trade up in the you know, upper 150s, 157, 158 in the north, uh, south, then 154, 155 uh, mostly. Uh, the uh, December still a little bit discount to that, uh, but uh, cash has definitely helped things up here. Livestock auctions are working their way through the weaned calf run for the fall. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has that story. Hub City Livestock had their first weaned calf sale this past weekend. Hub City Livestock auction owner Steve Helwig says the market was better than expected. Uh, we've been selling ball and calves all fall, but on Saturday here, just on December the 3rd, we did get into our annual preconditioned wean calf sale. We had 5,000 wean calves and the buyers really do like that sale being the calves are all vaccinated and weaned for 45 to 60 days bunk broke and uh, uh, the market also good. We had several loads of, of 530 to 560 pound uh, steer calves and they would bring in a range of 225 up to 229 so probably about a three to five dollar premium for being weaned. Uh, so we had some good black Angus, black Sim Angus calves weighing eight eight and a quarter and they bring from 188 up to 190. And Helwick says the cattle market has some catching up to do with how high input costs are for raising livestock. And and, and to go back to this year's prices, yes the prices are 150 to 200 dollars ahead more than we've seen last year, but so does the cost to raise these calves. Diesel fuel, vehicles, all the stuff that a guy has to go through, and then don't don't forget about all the death loss we had last spring trying to calve these cows. You know, nobody's getting rich raising cattle here yet. Yes, the market is higher, but this we're just keeping up with the Joneses here this year. It's going to be the year to come, 
that it's going to be you know very profitable to be raising cattle in the years to come. But this year here, we needed this up in the market this year just to just to keep up. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. With high feed costs for cattle producers, making the most of every pound is critical. American Angus Association Director of Commercial Industry Relations Troy Marshall says certified Angus beef has added millions of dollars to pre of premium into cattle producers' pockets. You know, CAB was the leader and the beginner of the whole branded beef revolution. That now we have over a hundred and some brands out there, but CAB is not only the oldest but the largest and. The, biggest market's position. Uh, over this last year they sold over 1.2 billion pounds of product. You really look at the grids and stuff now, a CAB premium is factored into that and so uh, we probably return back more premiums to the cattlemen than any single branded program out there. And it's just been really exciting to see what it's also done from a demand standpoint. As we've made uh, the quality of the cattle better and overall in the industry, we've seen beef demand improve as well. The cattle industry is always evolving to make better, higher quality cattle. Marshall says adding longevity to cows is something the Angus Association is working on. On the genomic side, we've got over a million genomic tests now, so it's pretty exciting and a lot of phenotypes. But we've seen two of the newer traits out there is on the foot score side of things. So we put a lot of emphasis on making sure this foot structure is correct and those animals are going to be able to stay in the herd for a long time. Right along with that, when you mentioned the cow longevity and just how long that cow is going to stay in the herd and how productive she's going to be over time, reproductive efficiency is one of the key economic drivers and we're really excited that we're going to have that new EPD uh, rolled out this next spring um, and that will be incorporated into our maternal index as well. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum will highlight the state's agriculture economic contributions this afternoon. North Dakota State University conducted this inaugural study. NDSU Agricultural Affairs Vice President Greg Lardy and the lead researchers will be part of that announcement at the state capitol. The consumer price index for all food in 2022 is forecast to rise by 9.5% to 10.5%, while grocery prices are forecast up 11 to 12%. Those figures would be the highest for all food since 1979. USDA reports food categories of eggs, fats and oils, and sugar all increased while beef and veal prices declined in October of 22. USDA noted they were the only food category to experience a decline year-over-year, year, but that's coming off large increases in 2022 and 2021. The consulting firm Strategy Grains is forecasting 2023 European Union canola production at 19.5 million ton. That's unchanged from this past year. The International Dairy Foods Association president and CEO Michael Dykes workforce, says workforce is the number one issue that needs to be tackled for their industry and others during this lame duck session. Workforce is our number one issue. Uh, I believe workforce is the common denominator that's underlying all of our supply chain issues. There just aren't enough workers. We've got two openings for every person seeking a job. We've got an unemployment rate of about 3.7%. We at IDFA, our members, we process about 90-plus percent of the milk produced in this country. We're trying to use any and every kind of visa program we can find that we can justify getting uh, workers into our facilities. We need immigration reform. 
Uh, we believe that the lame duck session is the time to do it. Dyke says one solution to the problem is H-2A worker visa reform. Our, you know, the big, the big thing that's moving will be the omnibus appropriations to fund the government. Uh, so we're doing everything we can to try to highlight the need for this. It's needed on the farms. It's also needed in processing uh, facilities as well, our member companies. Uh, so we're hoping that we can get the H-2A visa process amended to uh, include processing jobs. Uh, we're putting a major push on it. Uh, we're doing all we can to highlight it. Uh, we believe the opportune time to get this done is during the slam duck. USDA is in the process of conducting the 2022 Census of Agriculture. North Dakota State Statistician Darren Jancy says this census is a mandatory in-depth survey of all farms across the country that will help determine USDA programming needs. It's the only time that we collect this uniform, most comprehensive, and uh, data down even to the county level in every state and every county across the country. So it's the only opportunity, the only time we do that. It gives us an idea of what changes are happening in agriculture because we're collecting a lot more detailed information than what we would on an annual basis. And we're collecting for a lot more commodities. So we only find out that information once every five years. We're going to send it out to anybody that has any commodity and any level of, of production, even if it's CRP, but it still constitutes up to potential of $1,000 in, in sales, then they're going to get a questionnaire. Jancy said all the information that could identify an individual producer or farm operation will be kept confidential, and that information will only be used for statistical purposes. It is kept confidential. We don't publish anything that can potentially disclose any producer's individual operation, and so we're not going to publish that if maybe they account for a large proportion of the county. And, you know, me, myself, if I see the data, I, I, I can't do anything with that. It's kept confidential. There are stiff penalties in place if any NAS employees were to divulge any individual operations information. It just doesn't happen. CHS and Growmark are working together to invest in ag technology. The two large farm cooperatives formed a venture capital fund called Cooperative Ventures. The first investment has been in Sabanto, which is the autonomous farm equipment space. CHS Senior Vice President David Black is optimistic about the prospects with this startup. We, like everyone, are dealing with labor challenges across all the ag industry. So in terms of, you know, as we think about opportunities, that's a space where we'll continue to look for opportunities that help farmers and help, you know, our co-op members really with, uh, with these labor opportunities and uh, autonomous tractors, autonomous farming, those sorts of things. We see them very much in our future, but we see them in our future as well because of these labor challenges we have. Future investments will likely be in the area of sustainability, the supply chain, and precision agriculture. Cooperative ventures can help innovators grow and scale their projects. So when they see a, a grow mark in a CHS, just with the scale of our operations, the number of acres that we touch, um, the expertise that comes from both these co-ops, you know, they really get excited about the opportunity to work with us to improve their products and really create something. United States, Australia, Canada, England, Japan, and the European Union are capping what they will pay for Russian crude oil to 60 bucks per barrel. That cap was scheduled to take effect today, but Russia says it will not accept that price ceiling. The price cap is in retribution for Russia's invasion to Ukraine. 
The Canadian Food Inspection Service has its plans to modernize a management plan for potato wart on Prince Edward Island. Details have not been provided, but the National Potato Council says long-term coordinated plan must be taken by the U.S. and Canada to deal with this disease threat. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Central Dakota Ag Days is coming up December 16th. Foster County Extension Agent Jeff Gale says the day will include educational forums on livestock, crops, and safety in 16 different breakout sessions. One section is related to agronomy, so we'll be talking about precision agriculture, uh, managing uh, weeds, fertilizer recommendations, and some uh, reduced tillage strategies in that section. Uh, we also have a livestock session. In there, we'll be talking about uh, cow health, uh, weed control in pastures, and the cattle market. This year, we've transformed the program a little bit. To, um, we have a new section we're calling Ag Life and Lifestyle. One of the major parts of that program will have an hour-long training called Stop the Bleed, led by some trauma nurses. Registration is not required, and Gail details the main speakers. Well, we have a really good program uh, lined up for this year's Central Dakota Ag Day. Uh, we'll start off the morning. Our keynote speaker will be uh, rancher Doug Beekler. His presentation is titled Life Left-Handed, and he's going to be describing his experience following a traumatic uh, farm injury several years ago. So that will be our main speaker in the morning. In the afternoon, we have another plenary session. Uh, Frank Olson, uh, who's a crops economist with NDSU Extension, he'll have a one-hour session about crop marketing plans in the upcoming year. Uh, Central Dakota Ag Days, again, will be held December 16th in Carrington, North Dakota. Checking those markets, we are under pressure. Minneapolis wheat down 16 and 3 quarters for March, 904 and a half. Chicago wheat for March dropping 22 and a quarter cents, 738 and 3 quarters. We're down 26 and a half for the March KC wheat. March corn down 5 and a quarter, 640 and 3 quarters. January soybeans priced at 1437 and a quarter, that's down 1 and a quarter. In Winnipeg, January canola futures 859.80, a gain of 10.50 Canadian. Market still getting its strength from last Friday's Stats Can report. Live cattle futures have turned a bit lower. We're down by 10 cents for December live cattle, 153.22. January feeder cattle, 90 cents higher, 183.35. And the December lean hogs down 27 at 82.15. The Dow right now down 497 points. Crude oil, uh, after being higher now, dropping down by $2.26. On the farm calendar, it's the Prairie Grains Conference this week. Uh, they have activities on Wednesday, but the uh, keynote speakers and the trade show will be held Thursday. That's taking place at the Alera Center in Grand Forks. We'll broadcast from that event. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.